You're listening to the premier podcast where everything agronomic is economic. Today in this episode, we're talking with Matt Bowers, Premier Crops Strategic Account Manager out in Ohio. He covers Ohio, Indiana, and Michigan. And he will be speaking with Kimberly Beachy, who is with ProTech Partners. Today, Matt and Kimberly are going to be discussing the top three examples of how everything agronomic is economic with ProTech Partners out in the Indiana area. Thanks for joining us today, listeners. My name is Matt Bowers, and I am the Strategic Account Manager for the Eastern Business Unit for Premier Crop Systems. And uh, I recently joined the Premier Crop team earlier this year after working in the seed industry. I grew up in Western Ohio on a family farm and uh, currently reside in Central Ohio with my family. And uh, today I'm speaking with Kimberly Beachy from uh, ProTech Partners in Indiana. Uh, good morning, Kimberly. Hopefully I said your last name correctly, uh, but please correct me if I didn't didn't pronounce it right. Nope. Yep. You got it. Kimberly Beachy. Um, I am an agronomist at ProTech Partners. I work with growers mainly in Southern Michigan and Northern Indiana. I've been with ProTech just over four years and have previous, previous experience in seed production and product stewardship. So I grew up on a farm as corn and soybean farm in Newton County, Indiana. Um, nice, good black dirt like they have out in Iowa. Um, but found my love of agriculture there. I went to Purdue and got a bachelor's degree in agronomy and then continued my education at Iowa State. Um, I have a master's degree in C technology and business through their online program. Um, I do enjoy being outside in my free time. Um, I spend We spend a lot of time outside on the play set with my, uh, with my husband and my daughter. So who does more playing on the on the play set there, the daughter or your husband? Uh, probably the daughter. He's a little bit, bit too big to be climbing around on the on the play set. But we have one of those saucer swings that's real. I like to sit on. <laughs> okay, I figured we'd qualify there since you said you played with both of them. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> all play outside. Well, good, good. Well, I don't have as much black dirt uh, where I'm at in Ohio, but uh, sounds like uh, sounds like a good background of. Uh, growing up there on the farm and, and uh, you know, thanks for giving us a little bit of background, um, you know, of, of where you grew up and, and, and uh, some of your education. So, but today we're going to be discussing examples of everything agronomic is economic. Um, and I was wondering if you could start out with um, telling us how ProTech partners help, help their growers focus on the agronomics as well as the economics. So first, let's kind of define those two things. So what is agronomics? That's everything that we do in the field to that's making good management decisions. So it's deciding how much fertilizer to apply and where we're going to put that, what planting rates we're going to use, what crop protection we're using, um, tillage systems we incorporate in the farm. So it's all of those things and how we make, how we grow our crop. Um, the economics side of it is the money. I mean, farming is a business just like, and just like any other business, you need to manage the, or you want to make sure that the man, the money coming in is greater than the money going out. So you can get a, so you get a farm again next year. Um, that's the goal for the farmers that I work with is that they just want to do it again next year. Uh, so how does ProTech focus on agronomics and economics? And really we do that by analyzing their data 
Um, and then we use that knowledge to make decisions on, help them make decisions on their farm. Uh, so we've been collecting data on the farm for years, uh, not just in spatial data like yield files or with prescription mapping, uh, but through grid sampling. It's another spatial data collection, but also just record keeping. So knowing what we've done on the farm in the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years can be really valuable knowledge as we plan into the future. Uh, but it's but if we never take that data and use it to make decisions, then it's not doing us any good. And we've collected it, but we haven't we haven't taken that time investment of collecting it and made a return on that. So with ProTech, what our advisors do, our agronomists, is we work with the growers to analyze that data. Um, we add their cost to it, so their product cost, operations cost, um, management costs that they have, any land-specific cost, and tie that to their yield file so we can really see what is making agronomic and economic sense on the farm. It's really pretty easy to tell if something yields better right? You see a bump in your yield monitor, but it's a lot harder to know if that yield bump was also had a little bump in the pocketbook. I mean, if, if it paid for itself or if that, that thing that caused the yield bump, maybe we didn't produce enough bushels to offset the cost. So that's what, that's where ProTech can step in and really drive that home, making sure we're making economic decisions, not just sound agronomic decisions. Okay. So, so we're not necessarily all about the bright green or dark green, I should say, spot in that yield monitor. We've got to see what's tied behind there and what, what's yes. backing that up, right? Yes. That's awesome. correct. Yeah. Well, great. It sounds like uh, you guys got a nice program there to help mm -hmm. growers out and mm -hmm. really look into their uh, farming as a farming business because that's what mm -hmm. business is, or farming is. Mm -hmm. It's a business, right? So what I hear you saying, though, is that every pass across the field matters agronomically, but it also has a cost associated with it. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we need to manage and look through um, throughout the year. Um, so can you give me um, maybe your top three examples of uh, everything agronomic is economic in your opinion. Uh, and, and when you're going out and you're meeting with your growers. I think the best way to look at it and take us through this process is to think of the growing season. So I, I want to touch on planting, um, fertilizer, and then also like a crop protection fungicide pass. And we'll hit those in the order that they happen. So first off, let's, let's talk about planting. Um, that's when we take the seed out of the bag, it has the highest yield potential that it's ever going to have. We put it in the Six, ground and then we're... 600 bushels, <laughs> right? When you open that yep. bag? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. So everything that we do is to try to protect that yield potential. So um, planting populations, a big part of that. If you overcrowd your plants, you're going to make them compete for resources and you will limit, you'll reduce your yields because they're competing with each other. There's not enough nutrients out there, not enough food to feed those plants. So, uh, but on the flip side, if you have too low of a population, then you're reducing your yield potential by not having enough out there in the first place. So you can't produce a bushel you can't produce bushels of corn if you never plant the seed to begin with. So with the planting side of it, tying agronomics to economics is about finding that right rate in the right part of the field. And we do that with management zones. So 
And within ProTech, a management zone is not just a seeding rate like it is in a lot of other places. We truly manage the field and the operation off of those zones. So we break our fields into high producing areas, which are A zones, um, lower producing areas that, you know, for some reason they just don't do as well. Maybe it's a wet spot or it's shaded by trees or there's a family of deer that lives next door and likes to eat it all the time. Um, those must be talking zones. about Ohio there then. So yeah, we, yeah. we have the deer spots or, and every field is yep. ringed with trees. Yep. And that's what you just have that C zone around the outside of your field then. Um, but we have those areas and then the middle kind of those average productivity areas will label as a B, you know, it's pretty consistent. We can year in and year out. It does pretty well, uh, but it's not, it doesn't have the capability to be those rock star areas of the field where we're going to see the three, four, maybe even 400 bushels on the year field monitor when we go through them. So we break our field into management zones and then we manage every, nearly everything we do based on those zones. Um, so in an A zone, we're going to, those are high producing areas. We're going to push our planting populations in those areas. We're going to plant more seeds because those parts of the fields have the capability to produce more bushels. Uh, in the C zones, we're going to pull back our population because we know those spots, whether it's animal feeding or shading or it's a, a wet spot or a sand hole, something causes it to not have the yield potential. And it's something that we can't fix. If we can get a part of the field from a C zone to a B zone or a B zone to an A zone with, fer by, with fertilizer or any management practice, we, we will do that. Those C zones are C zones because that's just what they are. Um, that's, that's the best they can do. So by labeling it a C zone and understanding that that part of the field is not going to produce as well, we can manage our risk there by lowering our planting population. Um, that will save us money on seed cost because, so to tie it back to the economics, by lowering our population, we have reduced seed cost, um, which helps our bottom line. So uh, as that the fertilizer ties along with that, then if we're, mm -hmm. if we're lowering yes. our population where we're lowering our fertilizer. So we maybe we're not lowering all over cost, but we're mm -hmm. translocating those to the A zone, yes. right? Yes. And moving those over and, and spending where our bang for our buck is yep. more, uh, <laughs> more beneficial, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I've had that conversation with a lot of growers. You know, when, when variable rate technologies came out, the discussion was, oh, it's going to save you money. We're going to reduce your fertilizer usage. And that's, we found that's not the case. What we've done is we have, we're better investing that fertilizer, that planting dollar or that fertilizer dollar. We're putting it in the areas of the field where it needs it, where we can get a return on that investment. So we're really driving farming into that business idea where we want to see a return on every dollar we spend. I mean, farming is always, you want to see a dollar on every, or a return on every dollar you spend. But with farming in general, that if we're doing a straight rate across the field, we're treating every acre the same. And we know that that's not, not the case. Like every acre is not the same because when we drive through the field, even if you don't use a yield monitor, you can see variation in the amount of loads you're taking off or how good, I mean, you can tell how good the corn is or how bad it is as you're driving across the field. So why would we treat that the same on our input side if we're not taking the same amount off of it at the end of the day? And that's how 
variable rate technology, that variable rate technology lets us do that. Um, and that's why it's so important to tie it into not just planting, but also into your fertilizer. And that's how we really do tie the agronomics to the economics in agriculture. So, so your second reason you've kind of got into that there because you're tying it with the population mm -hmm. with your fertilizer and, and variable rate and your mm -hmm. our fertilizer rates as well. Um, is that also uh, for you um, with your growers? Is that also with nitrogen and how you handle nitrogen? Yes. Yes. So that, yeah, we, I started talking about, cause it all ties together. I mean, that planting population decides a lot and it does, you do need to factor in your planting population when you're determining your nitrogen rates. Um, if, and I know uh, Freeberg uses this example a lot. If you have more, if you invite more plants to dinner, you have to have enough food to feed them. So if we have a higher population in our A zones, we need to account for the added food that they're going to need, the added nutrients um, and dry fertilizer um, and nitrogen, especially, we need to increase that nitrogen rate in those A zones. Um, and I think we can also push the nitrogen rates a little higher in the A zones because we have the capability to produce more bushels, um, not just because of the higher population, but just because the ground is better. And by, by pushing that, you, you can, you're, yes, you're taking a little bit more risk, but it's a smart risk. Um, by pushing your nitrogen rates in your A zones, you have a better opportunity to have a return on that, that nitrogen dollar than you would if you were pushing nitrogen pop or nitrogen rates in your C zones. So that's really how we, how we focus on it is looking at our nitrogen, how our nitrogen is used in the field. So we could go out and apply a straight rate. Yep. But we're going to be overfeeding our poor production areas and underfeeding our high production areas. So we're really, if we feed to the average, then we're missing out on high end yields and we're overspending on those low end yields. Great, great. Now you had mentioned um, uh, <clears throat> fungicide passes and, mm -hmm. and looking at fungicides. And I know you and I have had a, some conversations mm -hmm. based around fungicides and um, mm -hmm. timing and years and, and mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> you know, how the um, weather is that year and, and, and what stage the corner of soybeans are at. So uh, why don't you touch in a little bit of that mm -hmm. as far as, it, you know, collecting that pass and the cost and the mm -hmm. benefits of what that would be. Yep. And I have a great example of that from this year, um, where I'm at in Northern Indiana and Southern Michigan, we're kind of in that epicenter of tar spot. Um, it started here a few years ago. We've had really high infection rates in fields the last couple of years, and we can really see um, the value of fungicide, but we have to make sure we're spending that money wisely that we have to look at the year. So to have a, to have a disease infect it, they, I mean, in college, we learned about the disease triangle or in, in a plant pathology class, you learn about the disease triangle and you have to have, it's, you have to have the host and the pathogen. Um, so in it, up here, we have that, we have corn and we have tar spot. Um, we have the, we have that pathogen, but what we, what we don't always have is the right environment. So we need to, we, there are instances where a, applying just a planned fungicide pass is the right way to go. And I had planned fungicide passes in my high production corn, especially when with the high production fields that are irrigated um, because they're going to have more leaf wetness from the, 
from that irrigation water. Uh, but where it's a little harder to make those calls is on your tougher acre. So I have a grower that he has some high production irrigated fields that his yields can be, I mean, phenomenal, um, averaging 250 or higher across the field. But he also has some ground where if it doesn't rain, he's going to be happy to hit 100, 150 bushels per acre because it's, it's really sandy, dry soil. And those are the acres that you don't always think about as being important when it comes financially. Um, but if you're not making as much money off of it, then you can't treat it. You can't spend as much money on it either. So for the tar spot this year, um, one of those tougher, tougher fields that he has was planted. It was planted end of, end of May, beginning of June. And when we did, when I did my last fungicide, like just check on it, when I did my last scouting trip, it was end of July, beginning of August, and it we didn't have any disease out there. So we had the grower and I um, looking at what's in the field and looking at the weather that we had had up to that point. You know, it had been a dry summer, been kind of hot, um, so he'd already lost some yield potential there. Uh, and then looking at the forecast, it was supposed to be hot and dry. So we weren't going to have the conditions that were necessary for tar spot to really take off. Um, so we decided that it wasn't economical to make that fungicide pass. Well, fast forward a few weeks, he sent me a picture and it had a, from a leaf in that field and it had tar spot on it. Um, and the weather changed, you know, and it got a little cooler. It, it was, we had, it was rainier. We got some leaf, we had some leaf wetness, extended periods of leaf wetness in that field. And the tar spot that was in the area took off on his corn, um, but at that point it was too late in the season to make a fungicide application. So that's where, you know, working with an advisor that it's not just thinking about the agronomics. Like if I was just thinking about selling, selling a product, I was, yeah, spray the fungicide. Um, if I was just thinking about what's best for that corn, yeah, the fungicide is good, but we have to also think about what's best for that farmer and what's best for that farm as a business. Um, and that's where this year that fungicide application just didn't make sense. And yes, we did have the disease come in, but we're going to manage. Now we know that it's in the field um, because tar spot does live in the residue. Um, those the spores can overwinter in the crop residue. So we know what we have to do to manage that for future seasons. And and because it came in so late, and yes, it mm -hmm. was there, but economically, even if you sprayed at that time, mm -hmm. probably weren't going to see the benefits yeah. of what you usually would had that infection mm -hmm. come in earlier in the season when that plant wasn't already uh, headed mm -hmm. to maturity, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Great. Well, um, so looking at these examples, um, why are analytics so important then to dive into once we've finished out the year that combines run mm -hmm. through? We've got some results coming in. Uh, tell me about that. Yep. So analytics is, it's how we look at that data. So we pull that data, we pull your yield monitor data off. Um, we pull, we look at everything you've done through the year, whether it's fertilizer or lime, your planting, um, any nutrients, any other nutrients you put down through uh, or crop protection products. And we really dig in and see, see what that, what the economic benefit was of that. So um, if you had tech check blocks out there, so for planting built right into my planting block, my planting maps, I'll put in little test plots for the grower 
Um, it's built right into the prescription called a learning block. And we use that information to check higher and lower populations within a management zone to see if we have the right rate. Because yeah, I can go out and I can tell you, yep, you need to plant 35,000 under the pivot and that's what you're gonna do and I'm right because I'm right. But we need to prove that we're right. And we need to prove that what we're doing is, is the best thing that we can do. And there's a lot that goes into agriculture. I mean, weather is a huge factor and we can't control everything. So having, even if you are pretty locked in on what that population is, having different checks in a field through different years, um, you can use that historical data then to check and say, like, okay, yeah, in this year, if we're looking at, you know, a cold, wet, wet spring, this is the best population for me to go with. And we can learn that and look back on that data, even if we don't use it the next year we still have that historical information. Um, the nice thing about the learning blocks is it's not just gonna tell us um, what yielded better. I mean, it will tell us what had a better yield, the higher or the low population, but it's also gonna tell us which one was had a better return on the investment. So did we produce enough bushels with a higher population to offset the added seed cost? We can find that out. And it's really, on our end, it does take some work, but it's a lot easier than like piecing through all of your data and trying to do it on your own. Um, so we can do this. Oh, go ahead. So uh, with that in mind, uh, growers are busy. Um, they are going from one thing to the next. There's, there's always something to do. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And analytics sometimes, uh, you know, going through the data and sifting through it can be, mm -hmm. be a headache and something that mm -hmm. just is so tedious that, um, that they've got better things uh, to spend their time on out on the mm -hmm. farm. So uh, is that something that uh, ProTech partners and yourself um, that you guys can help manage and, and pull out the things that the farmer needs? Mm -hmm. Yep. So we, we go get the data, we clean it up, we put it in the system. Um, they just need to hit record when they're running through the field and let us know what they're doing as far as the grower responsibilities. Um, and then I ask my growers, you know, I, I have an idea of what I want to show them at the end of the year once I've analyzed their data, but I want to know what they want to learn from it too. So I ask them throughout the season, like, do you have any, what do you want to learn? Like, what questions do you have? Because we have the tools within our system to ask any question we want, really, and or any, any question that we ask, we can find an answer to. So it's not just about figuring out what I think is best or what I, my my decision about, okay, well, I think this is what we should do. I think this is the best option going forward. That's part of it, but it's also, there's also teamwork with the grower there to decide what's important to the grower. Um, and they tell me what's important to them. And then the best part is I go find the answers for them. And I come back with a nice little concise report and show it to them. And then we get make, we chat and make decisions from there. That sounds great. Yeah. They're, uh, not every operation is the same. Not every operation has the same goals. Um, mm -hmm. It's a, everybody thinks everybody's after max bushels and that's not always the case. Depends on the grower, right. right? So if you could take and tie this all in a bow and explain, mm -hmm. um, explain how it all comes together for planning for next year. Um, uh, how does that look? We start planning for the next year's crop. We're already doing that. Um, as we start seeing harvest data, um, we've already taken and put all of the other activities from the year into our system. So once we get that yield file, we're able to get it entered and go. 
um, and really start help driving decisions. And a lot of that comes down. So how we do that, it comes down to what the grower wants to know. I'll look at things, you know, soil fertility, um, make sure that we're, we're doing the right thing with our fertilizer um, because that's a big part of my responsibility with my customers is giving them fertilizer recommendations, giving them seeding recommendations. So those are the questions I'm really making sure I want to answer that or to prove that I've been doing a good job. And if I haven't, if I didn't have the best rate, okay, well, what's the next, what's the best rate going forward for next year? So we can make changes into our crop plan for 2020. Um, it's really kind of a, it's a, it's a do it and check it process. So we do go out and do something and we check our work and then we make corrections for the following year. Um, and we, we try new things. So if we have something out there that, you know, I, it's an example, I have a low productivity field, uh, one of those ones on the sand that he didn't yield a hundred bushels this year on it. Um, because it was just, it was tough ground. It's like a beach. And we had some low, what I felt like was pretty low populations. I mean, the field averaged right around 20,000 planting population. I put some learning blocks in there for checks down to like 16,000. Um, but I want to take that a step further next year. Just by being in the field and looking at the crop, I could tell that we were over, our population was too high for a dry year. So what can we do to, we'll lower it a little bit on our prescription next year, but we can then add in more learning blocks to test it even lower. And depending on how crazy the grower wants to get, we'll, we'll maybe test the limits of his planner, see how low <laughs> he can go. Right. Because that learning block is a small area. Yeah. It's a small area too. And it's built right in. So they just have to okay it on the front end. Um, when I create the map, once that prescription's in their monitor, they just have to have to go. So it's, it's very little thinking on their part, but we're constantly checking our work. So ProTech is different in the fact that our agronomists are, we, we go in the fields. Um, most of our ProTech programs include scouting. Um, so the agronomists are the ones going out in the fields, doing the scouting. We're also doing the soil sampling, um, creating the recommendations. And we're not just seeing what's happening on paper or on the computer screen. We're out there living it in the field with the crop. Um, and we do take pride in being able to check that for the grower. ProTech is different from other precision ag companies because we're, we truly manage by our management zones. It's not just a seeding rate. Um, so when I talked earlier about the, we tie our planting rates to our nitrogen rates. Um, we're also doing that with our dry fertilizer. So we manage our dry fertilizer based off of those management zones as well. And we're pushing we're pushing fertilizer rates in the A zone, um, maybe looking for higher soil test levels, um, reaching for higher soil test levels. But in the C zones where we're not going to produce as many bushels, we don't need as we don't have as much crop removal. Um, so we don't need as much fertilizer in general. And that's one of the things that sets us apart. We don't we don't just go out there and make a recommendation based on a country's worth of knowledge where we do believe ProTech believes that agronomy is local. And what we do here in Indiana and Michigan is a lot different than what guys do in Iowa or even, I mean, go further out West into Nebraska, Kansas, where there's different crops, different irrigation, different amounts of irrigation, um, different soil types. It's, we do what's best for our growers here because that's what's best for our growers. Um, and we know that based on our experience in the field in this area. 
So Kimberly, what I hear you saying about ProTech is that you guys work on a sub-acre level. Um, so you're not just looking at a entire farm's collective yield data and, and results at the end mm-hmm. of the year, or even just that field, but you're looking at the results in each management zone that you guys set up. Is that what I heard you say? Yes, that's correct. When we when we really dig into the data, we're not looking at it by like, okay, so the home field versus the back 40. We're, we look at the A zones across those two fields or across the fields on the whole operation and compare those A zones. And we also compare the B zones and then we compare the C zones because that's, we want to, we want to do apples to apples comparisons. And if you're comparing a whole field against another whole field, you know, there could be differences. One could have irrigation, soil types could be drastically different. So then you're not comparing apples to apples. So by looking at it, um, by comparing those management zones to each other within a field, you really can narrow in on what, what is best for that, for those particular acres. Great. Great. Well, uh, Kimberly, we've had some great information that you've provided us today and uh, hopefully uh, the growers have some, some good questions that they might be asking themselves um, uh, about their own operation. And uh, if they wanted to contact uh, ProTech partners or yourself uh, for help with answering some of those questions that they might have and, and get in touch with you. What, uh, uh, where, how, and uh, where can they find you and, uh, and get a hold of you? Okay. Well, I am on Twitter at Kimberly underscore Beachy, but I'm not very active. So it's probably easier to get a hold of me um, by email. Uh, that is kbeachy at frickservices.com. And then if you want to learn more about ProTech, uh, you can follow us on Facebook, uh, Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at ProTech Agronomy. And we have a website, uh, ProTechPartners.net. Okay. So let's be clear on Beachy. Mm-hmm. You want to give us a spelling so we don't get it wrong. We can follow the, follow you. Yeah. Uh, K, or, so email is K-B-E-A-C-H-Y. And it's so Beach with a Y. Okay. Great, great. Well, uh, thanks, Kimberly, and uh, uh, thanks, everyone out there for listening. And uh, as always, remember uh, to be safe out there and make it home tonight. Thanks for listening to the Premier Podcast, where everything agronomic is economic. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can continue to provide the best precision ag and analytic results for you. And to learn more about Premier Crop, visit our blog at premiercrop.com.